Coronavirus has a lot of people worried about money. You know, it's a subject that you may not want to talk about anyway. And then when 36 million Americans lose jobs, well, then we got to look at it. And we'll do just that today, making sure that you're making the right decisions financially for your family. Becoming better parents, partners, and people, this is the Positively Dad Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is James Shaw, host of Positively Dad. I'm so happy that you're here. My wife, Terry, and I are the proud parents of an eight-year-old second grader. Her name is Naomi, and we started Positively Dad over a year ago to be a resource to you. I trust that we've been doing that. We do two episodes every single week. On Mondays, I talk to an expert about something, and that's what you're listening to today. On Thursdays, we do our Dad Talk episodes where I talk with a dad about being a dad, so you'll want to tune in for those. Now, on Mondays, you also get the bonus of the Kids' Corner, and that's where Naomi will join us at the very end to share some thoughts about whatever she's thinking about. That's unplugged, it's unfiltered, and she just kind of shares what's on her mind. I love doing those. Hey, today we're going to have a conversation about money, and it's an important one because with everything going on with coronavirus, you've had 36 million Americans lose their jobs. And then a study by the National Foundation for Credit Counseling said that nearly 70% of Americans have some type of financial concern right now. So I thought it made a lot of sense to talk about some financial strategy. Now, the episode that you're going to listen to today, the interview was recorded before all of the shutdowns really happened with coronavirus. And yet, the content's extremely relevant and should still help you. I talked with Jay Gabrani, and Jay specializes in helping dads really get their finances in order and make smart financial decisions. He's a dad himself. So today he's going to walk us through some stuff that I'm going to give you some more tips at the end that I think are relevant based on coronavirus, and then we'll hear from Naomi. So that's the plan for today. Let's jump in and do it. Jay, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. Sure, James. Well, first of all, great uh, great being here with you and your audience. Uh, yeah, my name is Jay Gabrani. I'm a single dad. I got three children uh, who are currently 10, 10, 13, and 14. And basically, I spend a lot of my time running what I, my business called Prepared Fathers. So Prepared Fathers is simply kind of as it sounds, it's how do we help fathers get financially prepared for life's curveballs and for situations that will come up in life. So I, uh, I love doing it and enjoy it very much. And hopefully we can add some value to your audience. Today. Well, I know that you will. And certainly being a single dad, that puts a huge financial responsibility on you. I mean, you've got to be prepared financially. So what are some of the, I guess, the basic things that dads need to think about, you know, as they're growing their family? Because uh, gosh, it becomes expensive. <laughs> it certainly does become yeah. expensive. So let's first of all, kind of, uh, I'll give you a little background. All right. So unfortunately, my wife, she passed away in 2014. Okay. So my children were five, seven, and nine at the time. And basically, in order to just readjust everything, like we had a very traditional marriage. I was the outwardly focused spouse, you know, trying to bring in the money, real estate investing, business, et cetera. And my wife was the inwardly focused spouse, um, house, kids, et cetera. When she passed away, all of that became my responsibility. So over and above the finances, it was like, okay, how do we handle all this stuff? How do I help my children adjust? How do I help them mourn? How do I mourn myself? And what that led to, James, was a, a sabbatical. I, I ended up taking what I thought might be a one-year sabbatical and ended up being a four-year sabbatical. And during that time, that's, I just needed that time to be with my children, etc. So the one thing that I look back on that I was actually very thankful that we had in place, and this is a gap that I find a lot of fathers who have 
if you have assets and you got children, the one thing I encourage every father to do is even if you don't make a lot of money or have a lot of money, it doesn't matter is you got to have a will. All right. Plain and simple, because in case something happened and my wife passed away unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. So in case something happens, uh, you need to have that in place. And I find a lot of fathers right now, the number when I have my conversations with them is at least half, half of them don't have a will. And yet they might own a house, they might own some stocks or a pension plan, and they have children. So that's a big gap right away. And that's one thing that I encourage fathers, even if you got to do something really simply, you don't have to spend a lot of money is get that in place. That's a number one gap. Secondly, it is, yes, we, we talk about this theme of retirement, right? Planning out when we're going to be 65 and all of this and, and figure out, do we have enough money? Those calculations, a lot of fathers, the second gap I find is there's kind of a lack of awareness because they just maybe don't think about it often enough, right? Is they just go about everyday life, you know, bills, bills are getting paid, income is coming in. They don't really think about is my future wealth building? Am I building it in order to really support myself and my family and the things that are necessary for children? So those two gaps right away, James, is, is father's paperwork, right? Which mainly starts with a will and then kind of getting themselves organized. I'm a big believer in if you can do that, you're going to save yourself a lot of stress down the road. And then if you just put some more awareness towards your financial picture, you and your spouse, or if you're a single dad like me, then it's even more important that you get these things looked after. So those are two big gaps that I want to bring to the audience's attention. Well, I'm glad you did. And, you know, I mean, wills, like you say, don't have to be fancy. They could just be a few things that you could probably get done for not very much money, depending on what your situation is and your assets and so on. That's right. Now, and then I love that you brought up awareness. I think that's the first step on really learning anything. And that's what we do on the podcast. Where are some awareness gaps that you think dads have when it comes to their financial picture? Great question. Uh, the number one awareness gap is, let's say that there's a father, and there's quite a few fathers in this boat where they're not happy with the amount of money that they make, okay? So, you know, whether, again, whether they own a business, whether they're employed and they work for somebody else. So the one thing I encourage fathers to do is, let's not complain about it right? I find a lot of fathers doing that. They're, they're going to complain, oh, I don't make enough money and this, that. Well, let's do something about it. All right. So it's being aware of there is a way to make more money. So let's take the example of if you're employed, right? There's a lesson that I teach my kids all the time. And it's, it's simply a one-liner. It's called skills pay the bills. All right. So your skills and your compensation, it'll rise kind of in direct proportion to the value you provide, whether mm -hmm. it's your employer whether it's your customers. Right. So if you want to make more money, you have to find a way to increase and improve your skills. Whatever those skills are, if you have a job, I would go right away and ask my boss, you know, what can I do to ultimately make some more money here in this company? What do you need me to do? What can I improve on, right? If I'm a business owner, usually the skill goes something along the lines of marketing and sales. How do I get more customers? Almost always is kind of the issue for a business owner. So those are really the things where if you wanna make more money, which is a very common problem, find out a way to increase your skills. And now in the world of today with the internet, you can increase and improve any skill you want by searching and finding experts and maybe joining their newsletters or buying their courses or et cetera. So the ability to self-educate and increase your skills is 
is, in, is enormous right now. So I encourage fathers, take that action. Why spend the time complaining? Convert the time that you're complaining into time that you can improve. That right. I think is a really good piece of advice for fathers. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What, what about the conversations you have with your partner? I imagine that, you know, and, and I'm sure you might have, uh, you know, one person in the household might, might as far as income goes, make more than another. You might have one that works and one who doesn't. Not, you know, it doesn't matter if that's mom or dad or whomever. Yes. What, does, what does that conversation look like? How do we get on the same page with our partner when it comes to finances? Yeah, that's, I mean, like, it's, again, it usually comes down to communication. I actually know quite a few fathers, some clients of mine who they have a real difficult time, right? Getting, getting the conversation out because for whatever reason, one spouse or the other just doesn't feel comfortable talking about it because of some sort of, these are also belief systems, right? Like that's the other thing that fathers should recognize is the beliefs that you have about money, making money, saving money, spending money, et cetera. They were given to you or you learn them from someone. A lot of the times it's our parents, maybe it's some other role model, but if your spouse did not have that same role model and learn the same way, there's usually some sort of conflict. So the best way is simply you, you got to get on the same page by communicating and by sharing the numbers. The one thing is the numbers don't lie. They never lie. This is how much money that's coming into our household every month. This is how much money going out every month. Hopefully there's more money left than there is month. Mm -hmm. right. right. And it, that's kind of the, the only way to really do it is to talk openly about it and share the numbers. Because if you just talk in concepts, and without a number, even if someone is not uh, what I call the, even if they're the non-financial spouse, it's okay. I mean, like they can understand the basics, right? Here's money coming in. Here's the money going out. Let's see how much is left. If we want to increase how much is left, then we either have to increase the money coming in or we have right. to decrease the money going out. So those conversations it is, uh, and I encourage people, if you're going to have these conversations, set aside the time. Don't just have it like impromptu, set aside the time, kind of almost make it like a date night in your calendar. Say, this is our financial date night. We're going to talk about our situation, how we're going to get better, what our gaps are, what our challenges are. And that way the kids are kind of hopefully put to bed and you do it in an uninterrupted way and you share the numbers. And that's the best way I've always found to communicate with your spouse. How, how often would you do that? Is that a, a monthly uh, date night or something like that? What would you recommend? You know what? It all depends on how well you're doing and how comfortable you are. If things are getting a little tough and stressful, have more. Have more meetings. I, I always believe that what gets, what gets, there's a saying of what gets measured gets improved. Right. I have a thing of what gets measured and reported and talked about mm -hmm. gets exponentially improved. Mm -hmm. So if you're having trouble in their situations that keep popping up, then yes, I would have it more frequently. Monthly is great. But if things are going pretty well, everyone's happy, maybe quarterly or even every six months is fine. But at a very minimum, at least once a year, always a good idea either at year end or around tax time. That makes sense, right? It just, right. that's the yeah. kind of time you're looking at numbers. One of those times is always good. So now would be a real good time to sit down and <laughs> review 2019 and look at what happened and then make a decision as to, hey, how often are we going to have this conversation? And my guess would be, if we haven't been talking about that a lot, probably every month is a real good idea to sit yeah. down and look at things, right? Fantastic way to get started. If you're kind of after maybe two, three months of meeting, you will find improvements, yeah. right? If you're meeting right. and you're talking, you will start improving things. 
And after three months, yeah, if uh, things are going better, maybe make it quarterly. But yes, I would encourage you, if you have never had these conversations, for whatever the reasons are, that's fine. Start monthly. You said something I really loved, that basically that we, have, we all have beliefs around money and, and a mindset around it. And really, I think that's what our financial opportunity is, is our mindset around it, how we look at it. And, uh, you know, about 64% of, of Americans own a home, which is, you know, this is a huge wealth building opportunity for you. Yes. What recommendations do you have about the right ways to invest, whether that's real estate or something else? What are the right ways for fathers and families to look at how to leverage their money so that it can support them at an even higher level than it already is? Because I think people miss opportunity just because they don't know they can do it. Fantastic question. So uh, I think this one's going to kind of, it ties into that awareness thing, right? So we talked about at least if a father is becoming aware of, yeah, all right, I need to invest. I need to start improving things for my future. Then the one thing that we can always talk about is focus. All right. And what I encourage fathers to do is, again, this is the downfall of having the world of the internet and so many, so much information available is fathers get overloaded with information and then because they have so much information, it leads to analysis paralysis. Mm -hmm. So the one thing I would encourage fathers to do is if you're looking to start investing your money, is you figure out the asset class. So an asset class is things like real estate or stocks, precious metals, your own business, etc. These are asset classes. I encourage fathers to figure out what asset class they would be most comfortable investing in. Doesn't mean that's the one they're gonna invest in, but the one that they think just, you know, maybe they don't like the liquidity, uh, the up and down of the stock market, right? Especially nowadays, you see it mm -hmm. up and down. It makes people queasy. Maybe people like the steadiness of real estate. I actually, uh, 10 years ago, sorry, 2005, right? Is when my first child was born. And when I held him, I realized, okay, I need to now support this little guy. Mm -hmm. And I had some money available. And I decided that it was going to be real estate investing that I chose. I wasn't into stocks. I did own my own business as my primary thing at the time, but I was able to focus on real estate. What did that mean? I started really only real estate books. I joined real estate networking groups and I started hanging out with real estate investors. And I made my first investments and James, I bombed. <laughs> it didn't go well. Well, that I, was 2005. So right, yeah, depending on when price. you wanted to unload it, then yeah, absolutely. That could have been a big mistake. Yes. I bought right at the top of the market, right. in the market I was investing in, things that I was buying for 275,000, three bedroom townhouses that I wanted to rent out within six months of the credit crisis fell under 200,000. Right. So very despondent, young children at home, my wife looking at me like, what are you doing? But the one thing I realized was, is that I had to keep going. So I just, I, I did a little strategy switch, which mainly a location switch from one market to another market, which was my backyard of Oakville, Ontario, Canada. And I started looking around here and saying, I live here, but I've never invested here. And I just started investing really within like a mile or two of my own house. And that ultimately was the changing factor. That's how I was able to take a four year sabbatical is because I was able to focus one area, one strategy, one type of investing class. So if fathers are getting started, I really want them to focus and figure out one. So pick an area. And I think the lesson for you is, you know, in 2014, when you lost your wife, um, 
you had a decision to make. And fortunately, you had the financial ability to be able to hit the pause button and be with your family and go through what you had to go through. Yes. And I'm, I'm sure that that is uncommon. Now, if, you're, if your stuff's in real estate in Canada, the way you do real estate in Canada and the way we do it in the United States are very different. So the, the, it's, um, Canada's smarter when it comes to how to handle mortgages and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. so, so the process you had to go through, like you have to have the money really anyway. In the US, you don't actually have to have any money to go buy real estate. Um, and yet, because you had done this, you could hit the pause button for what'd you say four years you took that sabbatical That's to be with your family and grieve and move forward before you figured out what's next That's how right. important was it to your family for you to be able to do that well my children like i said james they were five seven and nine at the time and fathers asked me jay what would you have done if you didn't own real estate and i was like i have absolutely no idea and i'm glad i didn't have to find out when I was making those efforts, even after I had bombed in my first investment, and I then said, okay, I have to regroup. I never once thought I'm building this real estate portfolio in case my wife passes away. Right. That's exactly what ended up happening. So I was very fortunate and I really don't know the answer, James. Like what would I have done? I would have figured something out, I'm sure. But it was one of those things where I didn't have to really guess. I was able to sell it. Oh, first it was refinance a property, put some money in the bank, and then when I wanted to extend the sabbatical, I just sold one of the properties mm -hmm. and put that money in the bank. And yes, I was thankfully able to spend every day with my kids, right? Take them to school, bring them back from school, always be available to talk to them. So I'll put that out to your audience, right? Is that, you know, like if one of these, and these are what I call life's curveballs. If life hits you with a curveball, like in a really big way, mine was unfortunately a really big one, right? It was the death of my spouse. It could be a job loss, could be recession. It might be a car accident. There could be things that happen. What would happen if life threw you a curveball? That's what I really want your audience to think about. And that is where that awareness thing will come in. Mm -hmm. If they think about it, they can then take some steps. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, the, the choices that you made then gave you the freedom to make different choices later at a time that you didn't expect it. That's and right. yes, you would have figured it out. And um, you, you're able to have four years, though, by just leveraging your investing and real estate was the lane you chose. Okay, so, so for the dads who are listening, they're going, okay, this is cute. All right, he's buying you know, $270,000 townhomes and selling them and refining them and blah, blah, blah. Look, I'm just waiting for the check to come in so I can pay my bills and then I'm waiting for the next check to come in. And there's a ton of people out there like that. Yep. What advice would you give them? Where do you start? Okay, you know what? So I said I did have some money and I made my first investment. After that bombed, I didn't have any money left. So remember we talked about skills pay the bills. Right. So the one thing I spent quite a bit of time educating myself on was uh, something called joint venturing. So that's where I was the real estate guy. I had experience, even though it was bad experience of bombing, but then there was people in my network and in my life, you know, university college, you know, university and college friends, best man at my wedding, et cetera, who had money, they could go on mortgages. So I developed the skill of basically how to speak with them about, listen, guys, I bombed over here, but now I look at this opportunity in Oakville and I think it's a great one. So I was in that boat, James, I was on the verge of bankruptcy. So forget about a check coming in because not only did the credit crisis hurt my real estate, it hurt my business at the time. Sure. So my business, uh, my income got slashed in half within that same six months. So it was very, very difficult. So I would encourage fathers out there, 
yeah, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you can still make it happen, right? Like this is, this is where the grit comes in. This is where like the, the want to, I really want to build my family's financial future. I want to secure it. And that is one thing, I don't know how other fathers think about it. When I held my son the first time, whatever that desire, it got, it was there, it was implanted. So I can't give another father the desire. I can coach them on giving the advice. So I would learn about how to raise money and other fathers out there who maybe are paycheck to paycheck, you can still go on the internet and learn these things. So money is plentiful. Money right. is abundant. It's all the way out there. Yeah. You can get some to make your investing. Happen. Yeah, it's everywhere. And the way we think either brings it to us or sends it from us. That's right. And uh, I was talking to Gary Keller uh, just a couple of weeks oh, ago. Yeah. And, nice. he, and he said, if you can find the investment, if you can find what it is you want to invest in, then you can find the money. There's someone yeah. there who will, who will give you the money and support you in that. So yes. go find what it is. And again, I know we're talking real estate because that's what you did and that's the field I'm in. And yet there's so many different things that if you found something that was good to you, someone's going to help you. Someone's going to give you the money just like you did. 100% James. And there's no, there's no excuses. And let's say that even if you don't want to partner with someone, even if you become the, the, the kind of guy that can find good deals, find good deals and then communicate with a potential investor, you can earn yourself simple finders fees and then build up your knowledge, right? That doesn't take much risk. It doesn't take much money. You can do that just by networking with other investors. Networking is effort. Networking is time. Educating yourself is time. It's effort. You, you have that. That's the one thing fathers that, uh, especially if they're living paycheck to paycheck, I'll ask you, what are you doing in your 24 hours? Because there are hours, every father has them that maybe you're just, I, I say, instead of educating, you're entertaining yourself, hmm. right? Let's convert those entertainment hours to education hours, networking hours, and you can make things happen. So I, I want fathers also to be aware of how they spend their time. That's, that's genius. Another, that's another really big deal. That's genius. Right. Are you, uh, you know, is it Netflix and chill or are you uh, educating yourself by reading books and, and, and watching YouTube? I mean, it's everywhere, right? Okay. Let's wrap up with this. And that's mm -hmm. just the way we think about money, our mindset around it, because you've yeah. brought it up a few times and I agree with you. Like I said earlier, the way we think either brings money to us or sends it from us. Yes. What, what is it you, when you're talking to somebody and you're coaching them and walking through, how do, you, how do you talk to them about how they think about money and the way they view it? Abundance versus scarcity. I, I tell people that money is an ocean. You can go there, you can take bucket after bucket after bucket of money, and guess what? There's still lots of money left. Mm -hmm. And it's true. I mean, like, there's money everywhere. People have money sitting idle, and I call it idle equity, sitting in houses, sitting in bank accounts, sitting in mattresses. So that's the one thing, is abundance versus scarcity. If you think that, if you don't make this money and someone else makes it, that you'll never make it again. It's a horrible mindset to have. It's going to be one of those, it's a defeating mindset. So that's number one is, you know, it's abundant and it's out there everywhere. And that you, if you provide that value, if you follow the law of value, your compensation will rise if you become more marketable and provide more value. So my joint venture example, James, it was simple. The guys that I asked if they'd partner with me and they could go on money and mortgages, they were really busy. They had no time. They didn't have expertise. And sometimes they didn't even have the inclination to go and learn about real estate investing themselves. So they were like, yeah, okay, Jay, I got the money. I can write a check. I'll sign a joint venture agreement and I'll sign some mortgage documents. 
and you handle everything. I provided them value. And that is why I was able to take part with them. So yeah, I, I encourage other fathers, those two things, scarcity versus abundance and provide value and figure out how you provide value and you'll, you'll see changes. That's good stuff. So what's your final message? What's the take home thing you want dads to know? I want dads to realize that no matter where you are today, that it can change, you can improve, but it takes that focus. It takes that effort. And once that is, and that is what we control, right? As fathers, there's other things we can't control what the stock market does, what the real estate market does. We can only control our own effort and um, gaining that own knowledge and talking with people. So if you're a father who's spending a lot of time with the Netflix and chill or playing poker with your buddies or playing video games or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. That's all entertainment. I suggest you convert that entertainment time to education time, build up your skills, figure some stuff out, and then you'll have lots of time later to entertain yourself. That's absolutely genius. So Jay, tell us where people can connect with you and learn about you. Fantastic, James. So they can go to preparedfathers.com. But the one thing that I have uh, prepared for your audience is they can go to preparedfathers.com forward slash James. And there, they're going to find uh, three checklists, simple checklists that can help them get started and get them on their kind of road to financial success. And um, we also include like a strategy call if they want. So I encourage them once again to go to www.preparedfathers.com forward slash James, and they can get these investing checklists. It'll just give them a really good basis to get started. That's awesome. Well, thanks for doing that for them. I appreciate it very much. And I appreciate the time you've taken to be out on the podcast today. So much value, kind of changing our mindset around money, gave us some quick tips we can do right away. Thanks so much, Jay, for being on. Thank you very much. It was great to be with you, James. Great stuff from Jay. I'm so thankful he was on and he shared those things, a powerful story and offered a lot of help and advice. You know, with the situation we're in right now, I know there's a lot of people out there who are stressed or worried about money. Either, you know, you don't have enough savings, you're worried about your job, you've got debts you got to pay. You know, whatever the situation is, maybe right now things are great for you, and yet something could turn quickly that might make it different. So I trust that Jay offered you some advice and some help and some things to think about moving forward. And, you know, the thing that I've learned, in my, you know, as a dad and as just as someone who's struggled financially before is reach out and ask for help. There's somebody who's willing to work with you. If you if you you know you got debt of some kind, that debtor wants to get paid back. They'll work with you. Reach out and talk to them. You're worried about your savings. Think about what could you set up that would just help you build a little bit more over time, and you can see it starts start to snowball. There's so many options, and there are people who are willing to help you. And I hope our episode with Jay did some of that for you today. All right, well, let's finish the podcast the way we finish every Monday, and that is finding out what Naomi's thinking about. What's, what, is, what, what happens inside the brain of a second grader? Ever wonder what's on the mind of your children? Let's find out in the Kids' Corner with your host, Naomi. Hello, my name is Naomi Shaw, and today I will be talking about friendship necklaces or bracelets. So those might seem like, for some people, pretty not fun but they're actually awesome. I have one on right now and I just realized that the piece of my heart is on the wrong side, so I'm putting it on again. This is something I definitely need to work on, wearing my friendship necklace all the time because friendship is something that's very important, especially at a time like this, so you don't forget about 
your friends and be like, oh, I don't know you. Um, and the friendship knuckles that I have is Joe and Joe is my friend. I gave the other side to her. That's it. Stay in the corner. Have a great day. Bye. Well, there you go. It's always a treat. Love having her on. Hey, I love it when you listen. Thanks so much for joining us today. I trust we added some value to you. If we did, would you rate, review, and subscribe? We'd love it if you did five stars, wrote a review, and then hit the subscribe button so you never missed an episode. And then I'd love it if you'd share it with somebody. Who do you know that should hear this message and would get value out of it? Please share it with them. Next, we'd love to connect with you. We love hearing from you and, and, and seeing what's happening in your world. So find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search at Positively Dad. We'd love to connect with you there. And then if you'd like to be on the show or know somebody who'd be a great guest, reach out and let me know. It's james at PositivelyDad.com. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>